0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Deadpool, directed by Tim Miller and released in 2016. The plot of Deadpool goes something like this. A former Special Forces operative turned mercenary is subjected to a rogue experiment that leaves him disfigured, but with accelerated healing powers. He's not that disfigured. He just kind of looks walnutty. Yeah, um, that actually was, was interesting to me. I felt like Marina Baccarin's character was a nice enough person that just because her boyfriend has been in an accident where he looks like a burns victim, that she wouldn't exactly reject him. But we he doesn't even look as bad as plot. like a lot of burns victims. Like he just kind of looks, yeah, um, wal- like a walnut, a yeah. walnut. But we, and we have a whole plot around how he thinks he's too ugly to go back to her, but then actually that's not true, and she yeah. accepts him in the end. But you know that's just just a it's a plot thing I think a silly thing. Um yeah but I I I I mean but the it does real Deadpool seem- is so much uglier. Yeah. <laughs> like in the comics Deadpool looks so well, the much worse because he's constantly is- falling apart and then reforming. Uh, if he's got a healing factor wouldn't his bo- he, like wouldn't his skin start to heal anyway? No because it keeps um the cancer keeps eating away at him. So you oh, know that right. first thing we saw when he was in the oxygen tank thing. Yeah yeah where like his skin bubbled away and then looked weird. Mm. In the comic, his skin looks like that all the time. So it keeps eating away and then reforming and shifting and changing. So it looks so much, it would look really gross and creepy and terrifying. And in the movie, he just kind of looks like scarred. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it was confusing to me because I was like, well, wouldn't the healing factor fix that? But also, obviously, you can't have the character without him looking like that because that would be, you know, letting down all of his fans, and also, like, that would sort of make it seem as though you have to get pretty in order to get the girl, which is not true at all and not the message I think that this movie wants to send. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, he just didn't look that bad. No. I think is, is the major kind of failing of that whole plotline when everybody is talking to him and they're like, you look so terrible, and, like, people are avoiding him on the streets, and I'm like, dude, he's clearly been in some sort of traumatic medical right. situation. Are you guys not- are <laughs> I get people are rude, but people are not that rude, and every single person is not that rude yes, to people on exactly. the street, like who look different. That's just not not cool. I mean, if if I feel like it would have actually worked better if they—I mean, they probably couldn't afford it—but if they had had him his face without the mask on less mm. and spent the money to do the effects on it so that it was shifting all the time, okay. Because that would be so gross and creepy. Yeah, yeah, it really then, would then actually be. that people would be scared of him. Um, yeah. yeah, and that yeah, exactly. People would be scared because they don't know what's happening. Mm. Rather, It'll yeah, rather than just he's ugly. Um, but yeah, that that sort of didn't. He quite... doesn't even really look uglier than like Colossus, right? It who looks, you know, yeah. weird and terrible, but well, not like. That's what he's supposed to look like. It's just yeah. really creepy that he's like not entirely it, it, out of it. It certainly made, kept me, like, it kept distracting me through the plot of the movie, like that, that bit about him being so ugly, nobody yeah. would want to see him. Um, but otherwise, I actually really enjoyed this. Like, I'd been seeing all the viral campaign and all that that come leading up to it, although I really got bored of that in the last few weeks and stopped paying attention. But, um, I really enjoyed I it. Was, I like the marketing for Deadpool. I like yeah, how they do really strange things. I wasn't different expecting things. much but I definitely enjoyed myself. I was so, I think I went in with very low expectations, which is probably a good thing.
1: Um, I'd say that
0: the superhero movie it reminds me of the most is maybe Guardians of the Galaxy or something, mm. where there's like a very, very simple basic plot. It doesn't push a lot of boundaries. Mm. I mean, the plot is like, you know, revenge slash like, girlfriend. Actually, the plot is essentially the plot of Darkman. Now you wouldn't have seen know, Dark, Dark Man. Man. Dark Man is a is a Sam Raimi film um, mm-hmm. from the from nineteen ninety, I think. I saw it recently. Um and it's got Liam Neeson in it and he uh his he's a scientist and he's working on this skin replacement thing and then his lab gets blown up and he can replace his skin for like ninety eight minutes or something and then oh. uh but then the rest of the time he looks much worse than Ryan Reynolds does in this movie. Mm. And uh, his girlfriend, he doesn't want to show that to his girlfriend. And so he goes back to her when he's got, you know, his face on and and his girlfriend is Frances McDormand. Oh, yeah. That does sound a lot like this. uh, Yeah, it's it's, it's the same plot, Mm. except in the end of Darkman, he goes off tragically into the night. Right. Whereas in this one, he gets back together with Marina Baccarin, and that's amazing. Yeah, um, and yeah, you know, it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't push any buttons. It's not anything new. I mean, the villain is so one note, and my god, that guy guy can't act. He yeah. has one facial expression. I think he might be a model. I we saw him. In, I think he was in the most recent transporter movie. We think we saw a trailer. He was. Yeah, I saw and his name. He. Um, yeah, he, I think he might have been a model before he was an actor. I, he just, I get that vibe from him. And he's, he's not a great actor, but. Yeah, but I don't, there were lots of good actors so, who were models first. Yeah, but he's not. I, I, well, I'm not saying, yes, there are some act, models who act quite well. Trisha but, Helfer. Yeah, or, um, oh God, what's her name? Mia Jofovic. Yeah, that's who I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, there are, but like, he maybe doesn't have enough experience yet, or something. I don't know, but yeah. he doesn't act well. He, but he does look good. Um, yeah, but why does he look good? Like, there's no reason for that actor, that character to be hot. <laughs> I don't no, understand but actually, the casting I, I actually rest. like that actor because he is that um, mix of like good looking and menacing. Like, he's got that sort of um, soccer hooliganness about him. I guess I didn't find him very menacing. He just didn't like. He was icky and a little bit creepy, but that's more because of what the character was doing. I just don't think he performed it very well, especially, I mean, it's him and Gina Carano. Mm. And Gina Carano, while amazing at kicking ass, is not a very good actress. They don't have her talking a lot in this. <laughs> no. Um, and when, they, when she does talk, you know, she's often not in frame. She will talk when she's, like, out of focus or out of the shot. I <laughs> actually really liked her, but I think that might be because she was hot. More than anything, yeah. See, Um, I think that. Well, I think what they did with her is they went, well, she's really good at kicking ass. Let's show a lot of her kicking ass and not so much of her talking. I think the only time that she really kind of, I think the only time that she really kind of sold it with the acting was the boob popping out bit, which Mm -hmm. was funny. Yeah, yeah, and cute and stuff. And I totally shipped her and um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead (laughs) at the end. There, I was like, yeah, they'd make a cute couple. I'm I'm all for it. Was Colossus is carrying them out. Um, I think though, what makes this movie is. The fight scenes, I was totally going for Gina Carano, and not Colossus. Yeah. Colossus is a colossal, colossal pain in the ass in this movie, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, they play it up, yeah, which is fine, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what? What I think sells this movie is the just the sheer love of it, like the mm. fact that Ryan Reynolds is so into this character and so into doing this, and he he wanted to do this for so long and he waited so long and he. Yeah. And he worked so hard to get it. And he just genuinely adores being in this movie. And you can tell that. And, but also the, I mean, the fact that it is a bit different, the fact that this is very, very definitely an adult comic. It's a weird comic. It breaks the fourth wall and it does all kinds of silly things. It just, that kind of, I think, steps it up a notch as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't, it doesn't push any boundaries in the plot, but it's pushing an awful lot of boundaries in the, um, dialogue and in, in Deadpool as a character, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Deadpool is is very irreverent and um, and uh, self aware and you know breaking the fourth wall all the time in ways that are very funny most of the time. Mm. Um, I think those jokes landed. Most of those jokes landed really. They well. They were great because well, there's like a mixture of highbrow, lowbrow, and references to the the universe, and so you get like this really went sideways as he's flying sideways through the air, and you get there's a fart joke in there somewhere. Oh, that's not during the fourth wall breaking actually, no. but um. Yeah, and he um, yeah, he he does that very very well, and it's funny. And that the um, the opening credits that start with like world's you know the world's greatest idiot, hot chick, British villain, CG character, like it's very cute. What is it? It's God's God's something idiot, but it's like it's God's like luckiest idiot, maybe some, something like something I like don't that. Remember, but yeah, um, made a film by some douchebag, yeah, yeah, and then written by the people who are doing the real work, the, the real heroes, yeah, <laughs> right which was i think super cute um, and and it, it really it set the tone well i think for the whole thing yeah that was good and you know on top of like ultra violence and that sort yeah. of stuff yeah i actually liked that it was yeah absolutely no punches about being like for adults but it's actually it's not even just aimed at adults it's aimed at like people ryan reynolds's age Mm. all the jokes were really would have hit well with this kind of like 38 to 42 year olds like you've got monty python references and and 80s music and like salt and pepper and star wars yeah very much like a generation the generation above us generation x like Mm. it hits hits their stuff really well actually the monty python joke the one the uh, four Yorkshiremen joke that they do when they meet each other, like where they try and one up one another about how terrible oh, their yeah. childhoods were. Just so well done. Perfect. I, I think that one of my favorite things about Marina Vacker, and particularly in this movie, is there's no slut shaming at all about the fact that she is like a prostitute or works at strip clubs. Like there's no point at which they sort of go like, oh, it's he, he, he has any problem with her work or anything like mm. that. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I also really loved their, um, all of their the sort of holidays of them having sex through that year that mm-hmm. they were together. That was adorable. Yeah, and they kind of pushed the boundary on the sex scenes too. Mm. Um, although you'd think that a movie that has this much boobs and is like this boundary pushing would at least give us some like male nudity to balance it out, but not really. I was genuinely expecting to see his wang and always saw his butt mm-hmm. in that scene in the, in the Christmas jumper. Yeah, where he's clearly pantsless. Maybe they they I don't know wussed out at the last minute. Maybe there's some maybe the it's harder to get past the senses, I don't know. Yeah, that was a little bit disappointing. But, I mean, Marina Baccarin's not really – she's – I like the character quite a bit, but she's not really there to do anything other than get damseled and accept mm-hmm. him in the end. Like, that's yeah. just what she's there for. Right. Um, it's a very sort of one-note character. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Not as one-note as Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Gina Carano, but – Yeah. Um, and I feel like they were kind of underused a little bit. Like, the, the sidekicks didn't really need to be there. They could have done more with them. Like, yeah, if they'd really made more out of their powers – I mean they made a bit out of their powers at the in the last battle, but we don't ever see Negasonic Teenage Warhead's power until the last battle. Like we don't see her really do anything. I kinda liked that actually. The fact that we don't see her do anything until the end. I what I didn't like so much was um was like if you look at the Marvel movies, all of the sidekicks are there to like if they don't contribute that much in the battles, then they at least um make the hero realize something about themselves mm. or, you know, are there to um, be a mirror to the hero. And this one's this one's very obvious in that. It's just Colossus banging him over the head with the be a hero thing and people yeah, yeah. going, no. And that's really irritating mm-hmm. for me. Like, because, uh, you know, because when he was about to kill um, Francis at the end mm. and I was just like, oh, kill him already. And Colossus kept going on and then he killed him already. And I was like, well, that's what's the point of that? It's so, like... He's not there to really do anything. No. And uh, although Deadpool does reflect the audience when he's like, you're really starting to go on. Yes. But Colossus. But yeah. But he's not, he's not providing enough, like, enough uh, self awareness in Mm. um, Deadpool to make that work. Yeah. You know? There's never a point where you really think Deadpool's going to be anything other than what he is. Mm -hmm. So there's no surprising moment when he isn't. Mm. Like, there's, it it doesn't, there's no, there's no kicker. There's no moment. There's no self. That, that's actually something that's good about Deadpool, though, in that he owns all the killing that he does and all the non heroism that he does. Yes, I like that, but it, there's no journey there. No. No, there really isn't. Right? Other than, well, I'm not too ugly for, for this girl to love me. Oh, yeah, that's the, but there's no journey that, but Colossus isn't providing any hero journey. No. He's just, like, explaining, helping Deadpool explain who he is. He's not. Right, and the villain is, the, the oh, battle so is a, just entirely a revenge plot of. Deadpool getting revenge on a guy that so there's nothing there. It's a big thing right now. Yeah, apparently. So there's nothing like there's he doesn't he's not saving anybody at all. He, in fact, he's just creating destruction to his own end, mm. entirely to his personal end, and it doesn't even matter to his girlfriend. Like she, you know, she would have taken him back anyway. There is a kind of there's there's something to Deadpool where he's like he won't uh, at the beginning he won't take the money of the girl who's being stalked by the guy that he mm. um, threatens and stuff like that. Where he like. If the person is genuinely in a lower place than he is, then he's not going to pick on them. Like mm. the people who worked for—no, um, yeah. he's—I he, mean, there's enough to make him lovable enough to carry the movie. Also, did you really get the feeling that Francis wasn't the boss of that organization? Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I kept waiting for a bigger bad guy. Like Francis doesn't. Francis seems like a lackey bad guy, right? Especially as you know, his whole story about having come through the. Yeah. Program himself. Like, he is a victim as well. I mean, his entire storyline was Robert Carlyle in The World Is Not Enough. Yeah, largely. Like, that's, that's mm. his storyline. He can't feel anything, so he just smirks his way through everything, which is so boring. Um, I didn't, I, I just didn't think that he, he brought much to it. I think th- this movie really, like, lives or dies on Deadpool and Ryan it, Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds dead. Charm. And that is, that is, what makes this movie is that, cause like Ryan Reynolds loves this character so much. He's been in character basically off camera for the last few months, you know. Um, and he, uh, and, and the jokes that they land land so well. Mm-hmm. They are so funny. And, and Deadpool is genuinely irreverent. Like he will like flirt with guys and he will, you know, cross lines and he will do things that there's no way you would normally get away with in a movie like this. Mm. Um, and he will do it with joyful abandon. Yeah actually what I like about about him a lot is that he he appeals to um a certain type of male energy like a toxic masculinity in his killing and violence and stuff like that but at every opportunity he subverts that trope mm. like by you know um ogling men or kissing them or you know it, he definitely he obviously queers it up a bit, and he he's he's into musical theatre and other such things that are not considered traditionally masculine. And I think that kind of subversion keeps coming through every time you think that he's just going to be another shoot 'em up right killer. And there's a level of camp to his performance as well that he big puts time. In there. Um, and there's also um oh no I lost it so good too. What did you lose? I'm the eating cake. Thread of thought that I was on. I something had about queer. I, no, no, no. It was it was um something else. No, anyway. Yeah, like, obviously there's a lot been made of him being canonically pansexual, and you do do see a bit of that come through, although obviously he has a very traditional heterosexual love story. Um, That's what I mean, is that that, uh. there's that framing story Mm. that's very traditional, but he kind of plays up everything else at every chance that he gets. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay. So the subversion thing at the end of the movie, there's a moment where you think like Gina Carano looks like she's going to fight Colossus mm-hmm. and then Negasonic Teenage Warhead has to step in. But then Gina Carano does fight Colossus. So they don't go like the girls have to go fight girls plot. So you're like, Oh great. They're in, mm-hmm. they're subverting that trope. And then at the end of it, Negasonic Teenage Warhead does <laughs> blow it up and yep. like fight her anyway. <laughs> so you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. So I don't know if that subverted anything well, at the end. Well that's yeah, of it, I mean it's interesting because there's lots of things where at least they try to subvert things but then in the end we do we do end up with the hero getting the girl and he has a really bad line about um about how he got the girl like Oh yeah, something about love. You don't have to change to get the girl or something. Yeah, no, it was I don't remember. Love finds you a hero something like something that. Something like that. Bad. I groaned. And I was yeah. like, is he going to say something about that? No, it just, no. it just panned out. Yeah, so. The only thing that's pulling out tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But for something that does subvert a lot of tropes on the way there, it does end up in a very traditional conclusion. Yeah. Also, Negasonic Teenage Warhead kind of ruins everything when she blows everything up as well. Like she saves Colossus, but kind of ruins everything else. Mm. Also, Gina Carano's character's name was Angel. Is that the same Angel that has been played by Zoe Kravitz, who I has was the butterfly that. wings? Because it's clearly not the same Angel that was played by um the Warren Warren Worthington the third is the character's name. I don't know why I know that. Um, who was Ben Foster? In oh, one of, there's there's two angels. And one of them changed to Archangel at some point. See, I know comic yeah, yeah, stuff. Yep, yep. But that's a dude one who's really rich. Well she's only credited as Angel Dust, so Oh I, Angel Dust, so she'd so be a I different think, one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm assuming it's a villain from the same universe. Um, but I don't know. Right. Okay. Um yeah, and that Ajax thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. What's my name? Francis. Um also the torture scenes are really hard going. The violence is really hard going. Oh, see, it's quite bloody. Yeah, it is. But I mean, when he goes all Kill Bill on people, it doesn't bother me very much. But like torture is unpleasant, and they've gone for that in a few movies, and you're just like, mm, do we really need to watch torture? Like actual mm. full on torture? Yeah, it is. It is quite the thing. But I mean, I think it is that not Deadpool's story though. Like it is. I just yeah. I'm 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 not that keen on prolonged no suffering of anybody really. And watching it is pretty awful. Yeah. It yeah. is really awful. And, and the bit at the end, I think I've been watching too many CinemaSins videos lately, but like, I, I really wasn't very forgiving on a lot of the stuff when I was watching this one. And I think it might be because, as you said in the car, it gives you the opportunity to break, it, it's breaking the fourth wall, so it gives you the opportunity to, uh, Investigate yeah. these things, yeah. Which is what we—the discussion we had in the on the way home in the car—is that Deadpool's set in Vancouver and is very much Canadian. And we go to the X Men house a couple of times. And the first time we go there, um it, Colossus and Negasonic Change warhead of their off their own bat take the plane up to Vancouver and deal with Deadpool. But the second time, Deadpool rocks up at the X Men school and finds the two of them. And you know, isn't it funny that I only find the two of you at home? It's like the studio couldn't afford any more. And then. We, the next next shot we see is all three of them in the cab with his friend driving to where the final battle is going to be. Now, like New York and Vancouver are a long, long way apart, not really easy driving distance in any sense of the word. No, so, but it's implied he took a cab there, yeah, with his new cabby best friend, and then they took people. a cab all the way back, yeah. which is a lot of driving. Like I'm pretty sh- Vancouver's on the west coast, right? Mm-hmm. And New York is on, on the east on the other, coast. Opposite They're opposite, coasts. like coasts of the continent. So, and so once we started going down that path, we were like, well, you start thinking through that kind of stuff because he's invited you to break the fourth wall a lot. I mean, not that we don't think about that stuff anyway, but right. I thought about that more in this. And yep. like we were talking about driverless cars, how there's all these cars that like flip over and there's nobody in them and nobody runs out of them and nobody gets hurt. Um and how there's uh but I was also thinking about at the end of the movie when um Vanessa, Marina Baker's character mm-hmm. is in the uh the tube thingy and like oh, yeah. gets thrown from a very high height down to the ground and is fine and walks it off. And I'm like, come on, like her Mm. spine would be broken. Jesus. Like there's no way she walks that off. No, that's that does not keep her safe. That is not like Thor in the little capsule in New Avengers. No, but Thor's fine. Thor is um has a god. Yeah, he like, has. That's right. I don't know how that worked at all. No. Anyway, and the well, I mean, there was other bits of violence that are just so over the top as to be stupid. There's he shoots three guys with one bullet. Yeah, but that is fourth wall breaking. Like you know that this can't happen and this is ridiculous, but I'm going to do it because mm. it looks cool. Kind of an idea, right? Like yeah, he's that. I think that's very much in character and in universe Mm. whereas throwing her is implied because he has the superpowers Mm. i accept the things that he can do because he has superpowers i don't accept them throwing a woman with no superpowers off like a massive ship down to the concrete ground and getting buried and being okay no i didn't buy that either also but i think like there, there are you know there are jokes that really, really work. Uh, stapling Hugh Jackman's photo to his face, <laughs> I, I said. Well, especially when you, we've opened the the movie with, you know, whose balls did I have to fondle to get my own movie? <laughs> I'm not telling, but it rhymes with Smulverine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pulverine. Uh, but also, like the sexiest man alive, Ryan yeah, Reynolds yeah, yeah. cover, and, and then, then later the, it's the sexiest man alive, Hugh Jackman right. cover that he staples to his face mm-hmm. is very funny. Yeah. But he he staples it to his face, which cracked me up for some reason. Yeah. Um. And like a lot of the gags, like that, are very funny to well, me. His, his, um, his Adventure Time watch. Yeah, he- Adventure Time and Hello Kitty and how he likes all of that sort of thing. Yeah, and his unicorn. Oh, and his Bernadette Peters wallet. Yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. He's really, really cute and funny. But, right, and uh, then and other things like the Canadian jokes, like the Zamboni joke, and how great is Al? Yeah, uh, his blind old lady roommate right, who is really funny. Um, they have a really good like, relationship, mm-hmm. it's really it works really well. Um, I think she might be my favourite sidekick in the movie, actually, because the, the one... The barman? Yeah. TJ Miller. Was... He's from, like, not It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No, I get him mixed up with Charlie Day as well because i got the same voice. No. But he's from How to Train Your Dragon. No, no, no. He's from one of the TV shows that's like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that reminds me of Oh, that, he's from Gravity Falls. No wonder I recognise his voice. No, he plays, like, a stoner guy... In something. Silicon Valley? No. Damn it. All right. But yeah, he he was – he just didn't really work for me. He was supposed to be comedic relief, but I didn't find him very funny. I didn't mind him, but I felt like he was a bit too similar to Wade, to Deadpool. Like, his cracks were a lot like Deadpool's cracks. Yeah, but not in any way that was would serve the movie. Like, if he was – more interesting in some way. Mm. <laughs> like, if they were similar and they got along because of that, it would be great, but it doesn't quite feel like that. kind of feels like he doesn't quite like him. Yeah, well, especially as he's better against him in the Deadpool. Yeah, it's weird. It just doesn't quite I do work. quite like that sort of dive bar thing, though, because that is just the perfect kind of place for someone like Deadpool to hang out. Yeah, there's also certain like plot conveniences that kind of annoyed me, like mm-hmm. that he happened to take the photo of Wade and Vanessa, which was up on the wall, and the guys found the bar, and then they find the photo. Um, and there was something else too that annoyed me, where I was like, "Oh, this is what they're going to do now." Yeah. Um, where I felt like it was because I think because you are expecting more of this movie. Mm. Like, it, I feel like they should have just watched CinemaSins before they made it. Yeah, yeah. So like that they um, could either point like to all the, the ones Russo doing, brothers. Yeah, so they could point to all the ones they're doing and like go, "Isn't this stupid that we're doing this?" Yeah, or avoid them, right? Because yeah, there are so many other things they point to that are stupid, and then it's funny when they point to them, right? Because then the thing is, you are expected to buy into things that don't feel very buy intoable, mm. um, and that frustrates me a little bit, like the 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 traditionalness of the main plot. Yep, doesn't fit with the wacky, off-the-wall, fourth-wall-breaking stuff that Deadpool does. Well, see, I kind of think that the traditionalness of the main plot is the only reason they got away with the other stuff. I agree with that. However, I'm still going to mark it worse because they do it. Does that make sense? Like, I understand, I think... Because they should know better, is that what you're saying? If they make a sequel, they can push it more? Yeah. Um. And that would be great, especially with Cable coming into it. Who Deadpool definitely has some sort of like relationship, mm. f- flirting thing with. God, it would be good. I know they're in different universes now, but it would be so good to see Deadpool and Spider Man together, mm. because Deadpool's crush on Spider Man is like legendary and hilarious. All of a lot of the best stuff I've seen of Deadpool is just him hitting on Spider Man. Mm. Um. It's um, very funny. That would work well together, I think. The Andrew Garfield Spider Man. It would work I really know, well with. I'm not I know. really not sold on the new guy sorry dude i'm sure you're great i'm sure you're great but this is we would actually like grown-up spider-man here (laughs) to be honest i would just settle for like watching ryan reynolds and andrew garfield who were probably two of the people who've played superheroes who care most about the superheroes they played just like riffing on each other like just as the actors would work fine like improving in the in character that'll be amazing i do want to say like the marketing i think for this has been genius Mm. when it hasn't been trying to too hard yeah. or when it's been Ryan Reynolds' idea. Um, the emoji poster that I told you about... <laughs> which is, like, the skull and then the poo emoji and then an L. So, like, people read it as skull poop L, which I yeah. think is really funny. But uh the Deadpool one yeah. was Ryan Reynolds' idea. Right. Um, And he said, you're not going to do that. You'd never do that. And so they did it. But I also think there's one video that made me laugh really hard of Olivia Munn getting ready for X-Men Apocalypse, yep. where she's, like, it's spinning Psylocke. her yep. sword around yep. and, like, showing off all the moves. And then Ryan Reynolds has, like, an inflatable balloon sword yeah. any he bops her on the head. I did see that one. <laughs> I cried laughing watching that. It was that. very funny. That one yeah. cracked me up so hard. So, like- actually, you you texted me that. Did I? Oh, uh, yeah, I think you did. That was my favourite thing from the whole marketing was just watching that video because it made me laugh Yeah, there were other bits that were a bit more like obviously studio done and those were the bits I got bored of. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think when it was, I think just Ryan Reynolds is so into this character and he knows Mm -hmm. what works for the character and he kind of, and I think that's why it works so well whenever he's, whenever the jokes are happening Mm -hmm. and it kind of falls apart when he's not on screen a little bit yeah definitely Um, but he also sells like the really kind of heart-wrenching dramatic moments well Mm. he's good like even though he makes that joke about you don't think Ryan Reynolds has got this far just on his acting talent yeah okay um even when he makes that joke you sort of like well you know you're doing pretty well in this one because there's no one else in this that's holding it together (laughs) well Ryan Reynolds and Chris Evans have always reminded me a lot of each other in the right yeah I I was talking about this the other day about how Ryan Reynolds current career reminds me of Chris Evans before he got Cap. Mm. Yeah, because both of them are actually good actors Mm. who have been typecast in certain roles based on their looks Mm -hmm. for basically their entire career. Yeah, yeah, and there is that, that whole thing where some actors, it actually does them well to get a bit uglier and a bit older. If you're a man, if you're a woman, that's like the end of your life. <laughs> yes. You know, but for male actors, sometimes yeah, they, they can't can- not take you seriously till you're ugly. Yeah. Jake J- J- Hall's now entering the serious period of his life. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but this, yeah, for Ryan Reynolds, though, this really is kind of a career centerpiece type thing. Oh, yeah. This is, he could be described as, like, he's- uh, a bit of a heartthrob and stuff, but I suppose he's best described as a journeyman acting-wise. Like, he does a lot of cool things and he gets – pretty for that. He gets some good leads. Yeah, maybe. Well, The Captive wasn't a good movie. We no, saw that. No, but he gets lots of leads and things, but he's never really and that, that taken off. that one where he was trapped in a, in a um, thingy that people are buried in. Coffin. Oh, the Buried Alive one. Yes, yes. Called Buried. Um, yep. <laughs> that didn't take off. Thank God. That was awful. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, they keep sort of trying for these really dramatic roles – Mm-hmm. And they're just not taking yeah, off. Yeah, and, and and I want I mean, Deadpool's going to do pretty well. I think it, it's well. It's not. It's banned in China, so it can't make well, as much money. Right, as Right, but could. being banned is an excellent way to get people to watch a movie. But yes, eventually. But it can't make as much money as right it could because, because everything it relies won't. on China now. Yeah. Um. But that's true, and and it, it is R rated as which well, is which one of also mo- changes the the economics but the reason the the uh china thing is one of the reasons why star wars the force awakens hasn't managed to overtake avatar and there's one other movie probably titanic um but it hasn't managed to overtake them in the in the box office Mm -hmm. and that's because it's i think part of a chain right and uh avatar was a standalone movie i don't think the sequels are going to do as well because i think uh part of the china market is that like things that don't need to be explained and don't have any history behind them Mm. and that just have a lot of really good visuals work well there. Right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So, that's interesting to see like where the business will go there because I obviously like Age of Ultron and Iron Man 3 made a a big effort to put in Asian actors in major roles. Yeah. But I don't – it's going to be interesting if that's the, the standalone stuff is the case. Because well, that, I'd love to see more Asian actors in big roles, not just to appeal to to China, appeal to but, the Chinese market. Yeah, that yeah, that's another thing about Deadpool. There's like no non-white people in that movie, other than the taxi driver. Yeah, there's nobody. There's a there's a black guy that gets beaten up at one point badly. And that's it. It's really really white. Actually, I was thinking about Deadpool in that sense of that being an interesting kind of. Middle, not middle ground, because it's closer to Daredevil if, than than the other, the rest of the MCU, but like a middle ground between the more um Disneyfied MCU and the the grittier Netflix side of MCU. Yeah, well, I feel like yeah, uh, Daredevil is is not. The grittiest, although it is the most—it was more violent until Deadpool came along. I think Deadpool can match it, not mm. quite match it for violence, because when he slams people's heads indoors, you don't see it as much. Right, there's, then again, you never actually see Deadpool. It's, it's somewhere pe- in uh, between that that heads sort indoors. of adult-oriented Netflix stuff, which is really dark, particularly when you get to Jessica Jones. Mm. And, and I know this isn't technically in the MCU; it's in the same universe as the X Men, but and between those sort of X Men, Iron Man, the more the stuff that's a bit more family-oriented. Which yeah, X Men is pretty family oriented. There's a lot of problems with the X Men franchise, but I really like. Well, yeah, there's some there's, past. there's problems with what's going on over at Fox compared to what's going on over at Marvel. I'm sure there's lots of horror stories on it. Well, going I think on. the thing with Deadpool is that it stood alone really well. Mm. Um, like yes, yes, you don't feel like it's part of the X Men universe. You don't feel like it's part of the. And you don't have f- to terrible have any terrible background. Fantastic Four. Shit no. that they've been pushing on us, like they really kind of have been making individual things. And Deadpool works within its own universe. Although again, it would be really nice to see something that's not quite so dull in its storytelling. Next yeah, time. and 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 yeah, because it links to the X Men, because obviously he was yeah first on screen in the X Men. But it no um, no no, that doesn't count. Well, I mean that we, let's pretend that movie doesn't exist. That have you seen it? Yeah, we I think we watched it together because Sorry, of Dom, Dominic Monaghan Dominic Monaghan it? being in it, and it was so bad. And Kevin Duran's in it too. Yes. He's the Blob. So- it's ter- terrible. But yes. also, oh, fun story. Um, Ryan Reynolds, there was the writer's strike that was on at the time when they were writing the script for the X-Men o- Origins oh, Wolverine script. Oh, right. And, uh, part of the script just said, um, Wade shows up and annoys everybody with talking a lot or some such thing in the script. And there's no dialogue. Oh, so he And improved. Ryan Reynolds made up all of his own dialogue so when you actually see wade being wade at the beginning of that movie that is entirely ryan reynolds improv Mm. and that movie came out in 2009 so clearly that's like four years into his journey of make having this movie made so yes and then they they sew his mouth up and he's clearly been bitter well this is this is but unfortunately, even though as much as I like to pretend that movie never existed, that was another thing that was in my head while I was watching this. They do make reference to sewing his mouth up. But he has and a different a little doll of. Mm, he him. has a different origin story in that movie, yeah, than he does in this one. Well, yeah, because it's it's uh, in the past. It's like in the 80s. Yeah, so they're just pretending it doesn't exist. And it's got that creepy CGI Patrick Stewart face in the end of it. All right. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Actually, I'm that's one of my favourite lines in Deadpool is, am I going to see Stuart or McAvoy? Because these timelines are really confusing. <laughs> that was really funny. A lot of those, the fourth wall breaking lines, are just, very, they land really well. They make really the well. movie, really. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's so funny because, yeah, exactly, because he shouldn't know these things. Mm. But I was all slightly concerned that they made a joke He made an in-universe joke before he became Deadpool, which kind of annoyed me a little bit. Um, When he's weighed and he's being wheeled into the terrible, terrible warehouse where they torture him, he makes a reference to don't make the mask animated or green or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, he shouldn't be making these jokes yet because Deadpool is driven crazy by the pain that he's in all the time from the cancer and that's part of the reason why he can see through the comic universe that he's in and that he breaks the fourth wall. Right. But I, that's think kind all, of, I think that's Wade such is a dumb thing, also it irritated me. I didn't didn't bother me because I feel like Wade is a sarcastic prick anyway. Yes, and I know, but he's he's has had a pretty hard life with the whole special forces thing. I think there's a difference between he had a hard life and he is able to see that he is a character in a fictional universe. Right. Okay. And he has seen the other movies in that universe. Anyway, it's still an amazing line and got a huge laugh. It is, but I would have liked it better if he'd done it after he got the mask mm-hmm. or after he became Deadpool anyway. Right. Okay. Um, I don't like the idea of him making jokes like that. But And they don't do it at any other time. Mm. And it could, But that's the thing is that that particular joke can be read as either like he doesn't know. Mm. Well, he does, but because there's so many jokes where he does know that it doesn't quite—I don't know—it it's yeah. it's a very minor thing that okay. annoyed me slightly. I got the idea that this was shot on not very much money. Either. Yeah, but I mean, it looks good still. There are some moments where, like, his move- movements are like Legolas style, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> CGI. Like, there's one where he twists around when he's hanging off the boat. Yep, and I was like, that's like Legolas getting on the horse. <laughs> like it doesn't look real at all. Mm. And also, I'm pretty sure the mask was CG in this movie because I think they CGI'd his eyes because they go bigger and smaller. Yeah, I noticed and, that. Yeah. I was wondering. There are moments that don't look as good. Yeah. But I mean, really, that sort of almost fits with the scrappy little superhero who who comes from uh, the back streets of Vancouver. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I that's the thing is that, yeah, I, I did really enjoy watching this movie. Yeah. I just think there's there's a lot of flaws to it that could have been avoided but only if the if the studio was braver. Yeah. And that's, again, another reason why it feels like Guardians to me. Right. Like, yeah, the yeah. Guardians I had the same problems with. Yeah, Guardians could have been great if they were allowed to, to kind of let loose a bit more. And, like, loosen up. up but also, like... You know, the character tropes, the roles for women and the roles mm. for, like, you know, all that. Uh, then the roles for non-white people and all that yep. sort of thing. The the very basic stuff is so similar in both of them where you're like, and mm. you can't, you know, I only remember that Lee Pace is the bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy because, because I really Lee love Pace. Lee Pace. Like, I can forgive anybody for not remembering that he's the bad guy in that movie because he's he barely makes an impact. Mm. they need to, uh, both of those movies are very, very simple stories uh, that, like, you can anybody can access Mm. but they're also really boring and don't push any envelopes yeah and they're trying to do that yeah they're playing too safe and they're trying to do that Mm. through the characters and stuff um and you know they both have terrific soundtracks yeah i think that part of what got me through this is the amazing soundtrack I think the directors are of similar ages and similar aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of – I feel like those are the two movies that are most similar and most Mm. similar in how I have reacted to them after watching them. It's just a little bit frustrating that they're not trying hard enough. Yeah, but still, like, pretty enjoyable. I think there are going to be a lot of – I think if you're a Deadpool fan, you're probably going to go along and love this. Yeah, and that's the thing is that I think it, it does hew much more closely to the ca- comic book character mm. than anything we've seen. And for people who love that comic book character, then it's going to work great. Mm. Um, that reminds me of that review I read that was negative on it that I didn't think quite got mm. what the joke was. But it also said – she also said in it that she was surprised that Ryan Reynolds <laughs> took the job given what? that his face is covered up so often. So clearly, also didn't understand how much Ryan Reynolds is. Ryan Reynolds is kind of uh, right. We talked about this earlier. Ryan Reynolds and his relationship to his own beauty—like he doesn't care about that. He's just interested in doing stuff, and he he loves loves the character so much, you know. So yeah, I I thought that was a little bit unfair to him. Mm. But it also said that this was Family Guy humor. Now I really don't like Family Guy humor. (laughs) So, like uh, – and, and yeah. she was talking about references. I don't think it does because Family Guy – like, Family Guy's firstly, is a lot meaner. Mm. And secondly, in it does have a, have a bit of, like, bodily humour and stuff like that, which is cute and funny, but it it's not – it doesn't do it in the same way as Family Guy, which kind of does it in this sort of mean – Well, Deadpool is mean himself. Yeah. De- yeah, Deadpool, the joke is on him, whereas Family Guy is, like – but it's also about the references, which I think of more as like the Shrek thing, yeah, okay. where just making a reference is a joke. Right. Um, But in this one, making a reference isn't a joke. It's only if it's a reference to something that Deadpool should not know about within his own universe. Right. Like stapling Hugh Jackman's face to his face. Or or McAvoy or Stewart. Yeah, exactly. Like that stuff is within his own universe. He's been to the X-Men mansion, so he shouldn't know that. And yet he's making references to yep. those things. That's why it's funny. And, like, raking references to the fact that he is Ryan Reynolds and, Mm. you know, stuff like that shouldn't... that David Beckham... But that's a, a reference joke. Yeah, right. right. And it's also – and much like all the others, it's very specifically Gen X reference joke. Yes, but that one – the joke isn't that David Beckham exists. It's that he is good-looking but sounds funny. Yeah. So that the jokes when they make them aren't like just – it's a joke because it's a reference. No, no. If it's a reference that isn't within the own its own universe, they actually do something with it. Yeah. Um, the Star Wars reference is, is used to bring the characters together. Mm. Um, whereas like the only jokes that are only jokes – because they exist within the only u- – uh, because their references are references within the same yep. universe. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes yeah. sense. So, I didn't think that was quite accurate yeah. as to what the, ca- the humor of the movie was. And it works really well. I mean, you know, it's the same reason we liked the 21 Jump Street movies. Right. Really. It's fun. Exactly. Lots of fun. And Ryan Reynolds seemed to have so much fun making this. Yeah. And I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Ryan Reynolds, so. Well, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he, th- <laughs> he does. He seems like a nice guy. Who deserves his success, kind of thing, right? And you've been watching him kind of not get there for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and you seem also, like a nice guy. Yeah, Pick and better he movies. Conveniently takes his shirt off a couple of times when when he doesn't have the makeup on, and you know. Yeah, and then once when he does have the makeup on, and, and you're like, "You still got have a an six eight pack." <laughs> um, do you want to give it a rating? Because we've been talking forever. I I know. I I think I'm actually going to give it the same rating that I gave Guardians of the Galaxy, which is three stars. Yeah, that's what I was going to give it. Three cool. stars. I'm. I mean, three stars in the hopes that next time you guys push the envelope better. And also, we lo- we love you, Ryan, and you've done a good job. Kind yes, of three stars. Yeah, no. The like, you, you know, I just feel like they need to really push that envelope and tell a story that we haven't heard before. Yeah, Deadpool is a p- perfect person to tell a story we haven't heard before. So tell that story and right. stop telling the one we've already heard. Yeah, as much as I love Marina background and really loved her, having her having getting these kind of roles, it would be cool if say. Deadpool ended up with a dude instead of a girl. Right. I mean, she was like my least favorite part of Firefly back in the day, and now yeah. she's so much better than that. And she's beautiful, and she's amazing, and you know, let her play well, a superhero yeah, instead kind of a love I, interest. I think I'm also just delighted that they're letting like 39 year old women play the love interest. Well, Ryan Reynolds is 39. Yeah, so, I know, yeah, but that's but age that, appropriate. Exactly. Like, I know, madness. Anyway, um, I should wrap it up. I guess. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read the show notes or find our old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read katie's review of deadpool or all the other movies that she watches you can do that on her her blog which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com i'm so close to caught up and if you want to find us on social media we are on tumblr tumblr tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com we're on twitter at screen underscore queens and on facebook facebook facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens thank you very much for listening bye bye just wash the cake down with wine yeah because we are on brand.